since we're talking about marketing, uh, social media marketing, and then now you transition to becoming a business coach, you know, what are, what are some of the behavioral patterns you saw changing over time in terms of maybe B2B landscape or, you know, the, the social media landscape in general? Yeah, I think the biggest thing going forward that we've seen with the, um, the crypto and Web3 and all of that stuff that's kind of um, happening um, is experiential marketing. Um, I, you know, I think that's going to be the next big type of marketing. And so what, what that means to, for layman's terms is really just how do you create an experience for your potential customer with your marketing? Failure may be inevitable, but there are scientific values behind it. We've got to learn how to fail faster so we can learn smarter. Join me and let's uncover the hack behind failures. In these episodes, we'll get inside the minds of the successful, discuss the failures they've had in the past, and analyze what made them tick. So we all learn from it. Welcome to Set to Fail Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Indolos. What's going on, everybody? This is Joseph. You're listening to Set to Fail Podcast, where we analyze all sorts of failures, turning adversity into potential business opportunities to enable aspiring entrepreneurs, professionals, embrace failing forward so they can execute smarter uh, with their day-to-day tasks. So it's a great pleasure for me to introduce our guest today, um, Scott Cox, uh, who is the founder and president of Social Reach. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. That's great. And uh, if we can start with a quick unpacking of your, maybe your overview of your background, um, current, you know, roles, uh, the business that you, uh, I, I believe you sold. So that would be a great start. Yeah. Um, it's always an interesting question for me because it's like, where do I begin? I've done so much in my business career, but um, basically about 10 years ago or so, um, I left the uh in the U.S., I left a corporate nine-to-five job, um, just was tired of it, uh, was making good money, but didn't like the golden handcuffs, as we say over there, mm-hmm. and um, left that to, to start a, a, an actual a, um, a financial services uh, independent kind of operation and uh, an office, and um, eventually left that to do real estate, um, didn't like real estate because there's no control in the yeah. um in the um, process of buying and selling properties and then kind of just fell into marketing after the real estate thing was in transition, wasn't sure what I was going to do next and uh, ended up having a a local um, friend in the business community come up to me, say, Hey, I want to market my, my company. I heard you're good with some social media stuff, which I was using to network my, uh, my previous companies um, and get clients that way. And so I said, sure. Um, I was like, can you do me a favor? Can you pay me in advance? He said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, uh, well, great. Then we definitely, I'll, I'll help you out. And um, so, you know, uh, six, seven, I don't know how many, eight years later, um, you know, we, we've, we, we've grown that into a full agency. We have a full team. We've helped a lot of clients, um, you know, high, high dollar net worth clients to, you know, the small local mom and pop who's, um, you know, making food, you know, baking cakes and, and mm-hmm. pressure washing driveways. And so, um, 
Yeah, uh, earlier this year, um, sold a portion of that to a managing partner uh, who's a good friend of mine. Um, and so I uh, worked out a really interesting deal for that. So now I get uh, revenue on that for the rest of the business's existence, uh, so which is really cool. And um, I don't have to manage it anymore. Um, and what I'm focused on now is really um, taking the knowledge that I have um, and the, the experience I have um, and using that to invest in, in new, newer businesses um, as well as, you know, coach uh, other businesses into building their businesses and their lives into what they really want and what makes them happy in life. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, happy to hear that you were able to, you know, uh, they call, I mean, I personally call it like a, an exit. Yeah, gracefully. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, a lot, a lot of these startups, um, unfortunately, they cease to exist in the next five years because, you know, um, the struggles and all, but, you know, uh, having to uh, reach that uh, status where, you know, you're able to uh, still make money out of it uh, and then also uh, yeah, do, the, do the things that you want to do is, is really special. Great. That's awesome. Say, and congratulations with your success with the social reach. And, but, uh, you know, I understand that, uh, you know, in setting up a business, you, there were a lot of challenges, obstacles, right? So um, I'm guessing you've experienced a lot in, you know, the dynamics of building teams, building people, building a process, What were some of you know the key takeaways that you can share to our audience? So it will be a good learning experience. Yeah, for sure. And I think anytime you're um, building anything, you know, you're going to have a lot of challenges or lessons, um, you know, that you have to learn along the way. Especially depending on your experience with, um, you know, business specifically. Have you built a business before? Have you run and managed a business? Um, and so I'd say, um, you know, some of the the main challenges that definitely come to mind, the things that stand out are um, people, um, you know, hiring and, and, and um, holding on to the wrong or the right people, um, choosing the right or wrong people to surround you, mm -hmm. um, who's feeding you advice, who's feeding you ideas, um, you know, who do, do you have a board of directors, you know, it's kind of the line of thought there. Um, you don't have to have a literal you know, a corporation board of directors that's paid, but do you have a group of people that you can consult that can give you different points of advice from different sets of experiences? You know, it's something that's mm -hmm. um, very important to help catapult me quickly in my business and in my entrepreneurial career. Um, and uh, so I would say most of the, the challenges for me, at least, have come around people. I would probably say the other thing, um, just for people and businesses, business owners in general, Um, you know, is trying to figure out what um, makes you happy, what you actually want from your business and what you want from your life. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we think we want one thing. Um, and then when we get that, we realize we actually want something different. Um, and sometimes I think we chase things in business. You know, um, it's funny, we all start our businesses with kind of goals and ambitions and, and things we want to accomplish and, and hardly do those initial goals and ambitions ever come to fruition in the way that we think they will. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times we have to be flexible, but we have to be in our businesses, but we also have to be focused on, um, you know, our personal lives. And I think a lot of times our businesses can kind of get um, to be all consuming or kind of can kind of run away from us from a little bit to where we start chasing it to try and make it successful. 
Um, and we kind of lose sight of the things that were, you know, really important to us personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally hundred percent. I, it's always popping up where, you know, with, with some of the folks that I talk to, um, it's all about, you know, trying to understand the passion as opposed to creating a business for the sake of chasing, you know, what's you know, driven by economic potential or let's say, you know, uh, just because there's a lot of money there. Right. right. So, you know, because it, like what Steve Jobs said, where, you know, things will be very tough and in order for you to still wake up in the morning, still do it, you must really have the, you know, the desire to, to have that type of business because Absolutely. things will be challenging and all. Right. So, but I, I, you know, I wanted to just a quick segue. I wanted to touch point on one thing that you mentioned about the assembling a board of directors. Now here in Philippines, as you may know, because you, you already experienced a lot of, you know, the uh, economic climate here, you know, it's not normal here, you know, <laughs> especially if you're creating a small business, like a very small one, like, you know, a uh, traditional one. Sure. How, how would you, first, for, for example, for me, I, I'm trying to create my own uh, business. How, how would you structure assembling a board of directors? You mentioned it's okay to assemble a board of directors that shouldn't, you know, they, they won't get paid, but uh, how do you attract them? Like, you know, just for, from your uh, advice. Yeah, I, you know, um, when I say a board of directors, I, I kind of um, mean that pretty casually. Um, so, for example, do you have a group of people um, that you can talk to um, and relay ideas back and forth to it? So, for example, um, I, I had, uh, for example, with the marketing agency, um, while I was growing it, I got connected uh, pretty early on uh, to a friend of mine who we ended up, he had his own business, it was a SaaS product. Um, I had my business marketing agency. The two businesses actually um, coincided really well. We were able to use a SaaS product um, to facilitate some of the needs for our clients. And so we, we, we weren't in business together, but we worked together in our businesses and we became partners, so to speak, for the same cause for our clients. Um, and he became one of my quote unquote board of directors. Um, he was someone that was very experienced in um, software, technology, systems, processes, mm-hmm. um, running a, bis- a business ef- efficiently, um, you know, even down to things like SOPs, which are standard operating procedures for how you run your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he taught me a lot of things that, uh, you know, let's say, um, you know, your mainstream influencers online are not talking about um, as far as like how to run and manage a business. Um, and he was not a paid board of directors. I did not have official board of directors, but he was one of my quote unquote board of directors. He was someone I went to when I said, Hey, I'm thinking about implementing something in my business. What is your thoughts on this? What, what potential pitfalls do you see? Um, you know, risk reward, do you see, you know, is it, is it worth the risk to, you know, to potentially get the reward that we're looking at? Um, one of my other, uh, quote unquote board of directors was a client of mine. Um, he just had extensive uh, um, business experience, um, mm-hmm. not in a field that was related to anything I did by any means, um, but he had extensive uh, business experience. He had extensive experience with hiring people, managing people, um, you know, working with uh, clients. And so, again, uh, we would, 
you know, help each other back and forth. He was a client, he paid us, but at the same time we had a casual conversation whenever we wanted to like, Hey, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? So how do you attract these people? I think you find a common interest and common goals, people that are trying to do the same things. That doesn't mean necessarily grow your business, the same monetary level, or you have the same business idea, or even that, you know, your, you know, your businesses can operate together, but can you get two or three people that surround you that are also in business that are also growing and maybe they have some different expertise from you that you can give them your expertise. They can give you their expertise and you guys can operate as a board of directors and just help each other grow. Wow. Wow. That's, that's really eye opening. It's like the, the trade or the barter would be exactly. It's, it's not monetary. Um, sometimes you just, you know, use your, use their product or their, or a better example, let's say they have a CRM product, you use them. But you, the, the owner, you can uh, make him uh, or her as your board of director is more of a cons- uh, type of uh, exactly. level. Oh, that, that I mean, that, that you know, actually makes me think a lot of things now. So that I appreciate. <laughs> You're welcome. There's our listeners. A lot of a lot of our. Li- you know, uh, from the Philippines, and you know, I do believe there's a lot of potential in terms of aspiring entrepreneurships here. Um, you know, hopefully, this could help us a layman's terms approach <laughs> on some of these things, right? Because you know, uh, it's a big word for us. If, if we hear a board of directors, oh wow, that's a corporation, it's like, no, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, um, it's definitely more, and maybe we can talk offline about that as well. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, that, that can also be something, you know, a, a little bit more official. Again, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, against people that you hire to, to you know, um, as a board of directors. You could also have a business coach, you know, as Windows board of directors, someone who, right. you know, is experienced in what you're doing, um, who's, who's already been down that path um, that you do pay. But, you know, they're not as a board director, just as a consultant or business coach. That can be one of your um, sources. I I think when it comes to to this, it's important to note as well. It's good to have, I think, two or three is a good number of opposing views to give you perspectives to think about. However, if the reason big corporations a lot of times take so long um, to, to make decisions is because they have too many board of directors. Right. So you don't want to get too many opinions um, because then it's going to confuse you. It's going to give you too many different, you know, varying perspectives and, and mm-hmm. take you too long to make decisions. But having two or three key people that can really, that you really trust, have your best interest at heart um, and, and really have some genuine experience that they can share with you can really, really help you overcome some problems before you even have them. Um, and just propel your success for sure. Oh yeah, and that's you know also a very interesting point where the opposing uh, point of view is, I think, you know, something that would provide you genuine feedback, right? So that's awesome. Like you know, someone coming from a different industry uh, that would eventually hire your you know service or your product, um, and then uh, you know they'll they'll provide you. No, no, this doesn't work for me. No, this this works for me. Yeah, like that, right. with my my SaaS partner, um, you know, there was many times him being primarily a programmer, 
um, and me being a marketer, you know, we have very different communication styles um, and, and ways that we think, frankly. Um, he's very much programmatic um, in, in numbers and zeros and ones um, versus, you know, I'm much more, um, you know, what is the meaning behind things, you know, yeah. and how do we portray that to people? And so there were many times when, you know, I would consult him and maybe we would disagree and uh, I'd still do it anyways. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes I was right. Sometimes I was wrong. Sometimes he was shocked. Sometimes he was, you know, um, proven right. So, you know, that's just part of, doesn't mean you have to listen to everything they say. It's just there to, to be a sounding board to, mm -hmm. to help you make good decisions. Awesome. That's awesome. Great. And then uh, since we're talking about marketing, uh, social media marketing, and then now you transition to becoming a business coach. You know what are what are some of the behavior, sorry, behavioral patterns you saw changing over time in terms of maybe B two B landscape or you know the the social media landscape in general. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing, um, I think the biggest thing to, to going forward that we've seen with the um, the crypto and web three and all of that stuff that's kind of um, happening um, is experiential marketing. Um, I, you know, I think that's going to be the next big type of marketing. And so what, what that means to, for layman's terms is really just how do you create an experience for your potential customer with your marketing? Um, so how can you, how can you make your message your, your marketing memorable for the people that you're trying to get in front of? Um, and so there's a lot of different ways to do that. It's obviously can be very difficult to be creative with, depending on the type of business you have, um, to create experiential marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, but in layman's terms, it's really just how do you use what you have, um, and what you're trying to offer people and how do you create an experience around that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then yeah. how do you package that in a message? that they'll, they'll receive and, and understand and, and accept and then want to come and experience that with you. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like you mentioned about crypto and web three, you know, there's, there's now a new coin term called blockchain marketing and I don't know yeah. how, <laughs> how it would work, but uh, you know, the, I think the, the concept or the, the principle of blockchain can be applied, but uh it's you know it's it's interesting and exciting to see what what's gonna unravel, especially yeah, you know. I, I, I think the biggest thing to pull away from that is if you look at the uh, NFTs, and mm -hmm. obviously a lot of that is crashing right now as you and I are speaking, and yeah, um, we've got um, you know crypto, not crypto.com, but some of the other um, exchanges. And stuff. Yeah, I think FTX. Uh, or something. Yeah, FTX and financial troubles and. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of noise with that, but I think in the long run, um, you know, there's I can't remember the name of it, but there's a um, a watch company, and basically what they did is they sold an NFT, and basically if you bought this NFT, you either got to um, get one of their like premium like exclusive watches, mm -hmm. you could redeem it now, or you could keep it in like a vault forever, and it like it supposedly will grow in value over time, almost like a collectible. Wow. Um, and so I think, you know, the whole thing with that is, again, creating experiential marketing. You know, they were able to use cryptocurrency, NFTs, blockchain technology to create an experience 
around where they're not just selling some images now that mm-hmm. people are putting, you know, um, whatever values on because they feel like it, they actually are tying those NFTs and that technology to a physical product um, and, and creating an experience out of buying that NFT. So, you know, that's like an example of how you can do experiential marketing and, and use that technology as well. I think for good, um, you're, we're going to see a lot of these NFTs and we already have, you know, go away over the past year. And, um, but I think you'll see a resurgence come back. I, I don't, I don't, some people to say it'll be like the uh, QR codes mm-hmm. uh, where there'll be some practical use, but you know, yeah. they may not be a thing. And some people think it's going to be the new wave of the, the future. I don't really know, but I think people that can tie those to, you know, legitimate experiences, or legitimate products will have a lot of success for sure. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, the CD era converting to an MP3 file. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's there's there's uh, there are some you know obviously vulnerability back then risks, but now you know we're we're we don't listen to any CDs. We're, we listen to Spotify, right? So, yeah, we don't even own music really anymore. We just stream it. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, and that could happen to a lot of the, these digital, uh, you know, oh sorry, physical uh, to digital uh, products. So cool. And, uh, you know, based on my quick research, just a, a quick, uh, you know, pedal back, uh, you were able to sell the business, right? So awesome. So from a merger and acquisition standpoint, it's not, you know, every day uh, that's happening here in Philippines. But uh, what are the, you know, uh, takeaways uh, you can share, you know, the beans <laughs> and, and all, all those things that... Uh, happened during the M&A? Yeah. Um, so the structure of, of our deal was um, that what I wanted um, was to exit the management role of the business. Um, still passionate about small businesses, still passionate about helping them grow. I feel like I can I could do more on a uh, coaching level. Um, and I still had all of this knowledge in my head for marketing, you know, even down to specific platform, you know, how to run Facebook ads and Google ads and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cause I had to train the team that we had in place to do all of that. Um, and so I didn't want to just walk away from it completely. Um, I also wanted to have this lifestyle where I could travel. Um, and you know, my lifestyle was basically paid for it. And so, um, uh, a good friend of mine, we had been friends for a few years. He actually owns a, another marketing agency um, in the same, based in the same city, um, believe it or not. Um, we just kind of linked up again at the right time. It kind of just worked out um, to where he was interested in um, buying the business. And basically what we said was, hey, what we worked out was instead of you paying a, a lump sum for the business, um, let's just do a profit share um, indefinitely. You take all the customers, you take the employees, the systems, the processes, everything, basically except for the branding because he had his own altogether. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm using that now, repurposing that branding. Um, and so basically said, take all of that. I'll still support you. I'll be here as a quote unquote consultant coach for you, um, as well as, you know, anything you need to, to jump in and help out with the business because I'm still passionate about it. I still understand it and know it. 
And so that was a deal we worked out. And, um, and I got to say, I've done, uh, my focus now is, is investing in, in newer businesses and helping, um, other businesses grow as a coach. Um, so kind of being an investor and coach at the same time. And I got to say, when it comes to these kinds of deals, the people is the most important thing. So who you're selling the business to, how they're going to treat the business afterwards, you know, what are they going to do with your employees? You know, what are they going to do with your clients? Um, you know, because it's very easy for someone to buy your business with good intentions and then, you know, run it into the ground very quickly. Right. Um, it's also important to manage your client, especially at this level, we have retainer clients in this, in that model. So clients that are pay us every single month for services every month. So managing client expectations and relationships, um, letting them know that they're going to be taken care of, um, you know, your employees, there's a lot of moving components, um, as far as that goes. So making sure you take your time, um, and then just contractually as well, you know, there can be a lot of loopholes and, and, um, things that can come up once you quote unquote, sell a business, you want to make sure that you have a solid agreement contract in place. Um, kind of try to think of any possible scenarios, you know, that might happen in the future where, you know, maybe there's, there's not a, at least in this situation where there's a profit share, you know, that maybe that could be forfeited <laughs> and just, you know, working through all those different scenarios. Um, so just the details, the details really matter in a situation like this, taking your time, moving methodically, um, making good decisions and, um, you know, on the contracts and with your clients and your employees and, making, I think making sure everyone feels good about it, you know, is, is an important, important part. Uh, absolutely. I, I understand. I, I totally agree. Um, because the, I, I also experienced, uh, but I was an employee back then where, you know, we got acquired and, you know, uh, you, you're right. You know, uh, imminent failure is not certain as long as you're not failing people. And, you know, the sad part about m and is, you know, people will get affected. There will be some, mm -hmm. you know, uh, transition happening. Sometimes, you know, um, acquisitions are, is, is just, you know, the purpose of uh, taking down a competition, which yep. is sad. And hopefully that's not always the case. But, uh, you know, uh, as long as, you well, know, people go. Well, I was just going to say, I think, and, and that's where it comes up to you, you know, because this is actually the second business I've sold. Um, the oh, first okay. business was actually a few years um, prior, about five, six years prior, and it was a, actually a microgreens farm um, that I had started um, near the same time as I started the, the marketing agency. Mm -hmm. So microgreens are the very early stage vegetables, you know, before they actually grow the fruit and grow into full, you know, plants and everything. You can eat those, are very nutritious and healthy. Um, mm -hmm. But I actually sold that, and that uh, business sale was because uh, – we were competition and the other company wanted to, you know, remove us as competition because we were doing some pretty heavy marketing and having some success. Mm -hmm. um, and so this sale was for different reasons because I wanted to exit as a, as a management role, as a, you know, client management and employee management and just everything that comes along with owning a company. I right. wanted to be out of that position. And so, and I think if that's something that anyone here is considering, um, doing like you own a business and you're wanting to potentially um, be free of that business and get out or, you know, see a, an exit or a, a liquidation, um, you know, it, ultimately it's your choice. 
I would say finding the right person, if you're not wanting to have that business closed down, I would mm-hmm. say it can take you some time to find the right buyer for sure and be prepared for that. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's our choice with what who we decide to take over that company. And once we sell it, you know, there, there's really not a whole lot of control we have. Um, but you can do as much due diligence in the beginning as you can to try and find the right buyer for sure. Awesome. Oh, we do have a lot of commonalities, uh, if you will. I, I have a f- small farm, like an urban farm here. Oh, nice. Rizal. Yeah. We're doing, uh, we'll, we'll, we're cultivating oyster mushrooms where we have a tilapia pond and Fantastic. then we have a hydroponics. And one of these days, maybe, you know, we can meet up and then I can, you know, show it. Yeah, to I'd you. love to come check it out for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It's in a it's in a controlled environment, and I'm for sure you experience you know the, uh you know the the typhoon right the recent yep. ones, and fortunately it it you know the proof of concept uh it did not uh, get destroyed so well, that's awesome. awesome yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll we'll talk offline about that uh, and then yeah with the you know putting up the business uh, investing on other businesses. Now you've, you know, have these types of experiences, right, uh, in your arsenal. Is there something that uh, you wish you could have done differently? And then, or maybe, you know, going forward, uh, you will do, do things differently. Uh, have the probability of success skyrocket. Um, yes. <laughs> The short answer is yes. However, um, you know, my business career mimics my investing career, which is very interesting. It's all over the place. Um, so I have businesses in that I've invested in and that um, I, I am a partner of that literally are just all over the board as far as industry goes. And so sometimes, you know, you, you obviously can't be an expert in everything. You can't you can't know every industry. You can't know the ins and outs of everything you're doing. And that's where yes. key partners come in. Um, and so, you know, that's probably one thing I would say is going forward that I would do differently than I did in the agency up until this year um, is really making sure I have the right partner. Um, if I had had a partner when I grew the agency, um, probably could have changed a lot of the dynamics for me, saved me a lot of time, um, effort and money and things. Mm-hmm. Um and so having uh, the right partner, um, again, it could be as, as simple as having your two or three board of directors, quote unquote. Um, it could be, you know, um, actually literally having a partner in the business. Um, if you're investing in a business, making sure you have the right managing partner, someone who can run the business, who has experience in that um, and will manage it effectively. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest things I would say. People just matter so much um, in mm-hmm. life and in business. Um, whether, you know, it's a personal relationship or whether it's a business relationship, you know, they're equally important, your relationship with those people and, and how you treat each other. Um, so that's that's probably the biggest thing. Um, implementing systems, processes um, and people faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, you know, I've kind of always uh, ha- have grassroots grown my companies, which means I've gone out, made some money, taken that money and reinvested in the companies. So. Um, you know, I've not been one to take out loans or financing or things like that to grow the companies. I'd much rather grow slower um, and grow healthy. At the end of the day, I think one of the biggest mistakes 
that I made in the agency, marketing agency, was trying to grow too quickly, mm-hmm. um, spending a lot of money um, and effort and stress on trying to grow, 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 um, when I could have really just kind of sat back, enjoyed the process more, mm-hmm. um, and, and had a healthier, um, happier life. Oh, that's awesome. That's gold. Um, you know, uh, I pers- I'm guilty of that. I always wanna, wanted to achieve more by doing mm-hmm. less, uh, which, you know, eventually, and I'll be upfront, you know, took a toll to my health um and then got covid and also right so you know um be taking it step by step baby steps um and then and to your point or uh you know uh, right now i'm trying to you know throw everything on the wall see what it's what sticks <laughs> to, yep. to the business and then uh try to hammer on that uh on that thing that's uh stuck so yeah, uh, this is all, all of the points are very helpful. And to our listeners, uh, I always say that we don't dwell on the past failures, but rather we're trying to create a community of shared success because we learn together. Um, we have the benefit to understand what patterns, what went wrong before. Uh, and then, all, you know, hopefully, hopefully you can either avoid it or you know, go right through it, but uh, in more intelligently and uh, you can solve things quickly, you can fail forward. So, um, and to someone that, uh, you know, starting a business, uh, I, I know you mentioned a lot of great points already earlier, but do you have any suggestions, advice, uh, especially here in Philippines, right? You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of people are scared to jump, uh, take the leap of faith. What are the things that you, you know, you can uh, share to, to the audience? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing, um, especially for new entrepreneurs, new business owners is again, we kind of get this idea in our head and a lot of it's from marketing online. Um, (laughs) ironically enough, um, (laughs) where we feel like we have to jump in and go all in on a business. Um, you know, we talk about, especially here in the Philippines, you know, there's a pace of life here that's much different than in the U.S. Um, it's much slower, much more relaxed, um, which is actually, I think, healthier. It's a good thing. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that can be used to a benefit. You know, so what I'm getting at, the point is, is there's nothing wrong with starting a business while you have a job, right? Or if you're, if you're a power couple, you know, having one run the business while the other one has a job. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no shame. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, you can start a business that you think may be interesting to you, um, that you think may be successful. You can start it as a side hustle. And what I always tell people is work that business until that you're making more money and that business than you do at your day job. That's when you can quit your day job because mm-hmm. now the day job is becoming a hindrance to growing your business. Um, and that can save you so much stress, so much financial, uh, trauma, um, mm-hmm. that can save you relationships with family and clients and employees and, and just everyone who's going to be associated with you having a business. I um, mean, it's also a, a safer way to kind of go ahead and get started. You know, you don't have this pressure that you have to go out and perform. And, and if you don't really know what you're doing, you're kind of, you know, like you said, throwing things at a wall, you know, if you have your bills paid for, basically, you know, your necessities paid for, mm-hmm. then it relieves a lot of that pressure. Um, 
and that's what I did when I when I went into business before the marketing agency. Like I said, I left my my corporate um, job making you know pretty good money, um, cold turkey. Went right into business. Had never run a business before. Didn't know what I was doing, and I really struggled for the next uh, three to four years. Um, we paid our bills. Thank God we were able to you know do what we needed to do. Um, but it was tough. It was it was very very stressful, very tough. Um, and there's so many times I wish I would have, looking back, of course, say I wish I would have kept that job and built something on the side, um, mm-hmm. because I would have been in such a, a better financial position, um, as well as um, I would have been able to enjoy it, enjoy it a lot more. Um, you know, running a business is, you know, I think can be fun. Um, and especially when it's small, when it's just you and it's a passion you have you know, have fun with it. Um, you know, the, the other thing with, if you just jump into a business is you kind of have to take customers, right? And so what you charge can be at the whim of what your customer is willing to pay if you don't have the ability to hold out for the right customers. Um, when you have your basis paid for and you're doing something you're passionate about, you know, you mm-hmm. can set your prices. And if someone doesn't want to buy, okay, it's not a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, you just wait for the next person. Um, who actually sees the value. Um, and so, you know, along those lines, I just want to throw this out there, like just because someone is not willing to pay what you're asking doesn't mean that your value is lower. It just means right. that they don't see your value. So I, that's what I, the biggest piece of advice I would say is, if, especially brand new, trying to get into a business, especially if you've never run a business before, never had one, um, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to throw your work-life balance out of whack for a period <laughs> of time, right? Um, right. You won't have work-life balance. You just have work, work, work. Um, but it's, in my opinion, it's okay to do that for a period of time, as long as that's going to lead to you getting kind of back into um, equilibrium with your your work-life balance. That's awesome. That's gold. And you know, uh, to our listeners, uh, you know, all of these things, uh, something that would help you. Uh, carve out the trajectory of your of your business career so you know hopefully this helps a lot and uh, especially um i think one of one of the key things that i um uh, kind of uh do, did is uh before starting a business try to do sales first or you know try to to, to be a marketer first <laughs> because you yeah. know as, you, <laughs> you're you need to sell your own product or you know your service uh, if you can't do that, then it's going to be uh, an uphill battle. Uh, but if you start with that, I think, you know, uh, you'll be able to. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and that's, that's, you know, that's a great point because most people still, I think, operate under the belief system that, hey, if I open up a business that brings real value to people, people will come and they'll give me money. Yeah. And unfortunately, the world doesn't work like that anymore. It used to when you were the only blacksmith, you know, in in 50 square miles, you know, people had no choice. Um, But nowadays, there's so much variety, there's so many choices, you know, um, it's not as bad here in the Philippines as it is over in westernized countries. But you know, even if you go to the store, there's so many options of, you know, products you want to buy. And that's kind of how the business market is. And so you really have to in this climate, business climate, you have to be a marketer first, and a business owner second, which means you have to be able to market and sell whatever it is that you're doing successfully 
um, or it doesn't really matter what you do because people won't care. And they yeah. won't buy from you. Yeah, like the, uh, I forgot the name, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, the partner of Warren Buffett, yep. said that we're approaching you know, an era that everything is built, everything is there, everything is provided. Yep. So how do you, you know, uh, how do you set yourself apart from the rest? How you, you know, emerge from the noise? So, and even, you know, it's crazy, not just the Western countries now, even uh, like countries like India and China, a lot of them are like unicorn companies. So hopefully, you know, we see a unicorn company Philippines as well. So. <laughs> That's a, you know, I think they, that's a good. They can still pop up, but that's why they're called unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so I guess just maybe, maybe the, if you're looking to invest, maybe look for a a, 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 a same product or service just in a pretty new bow. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like you know how how Uber is is in the U.S. and Grab is here in in yep. Asia. So it's a lot of things, a lot of things to you know uh, automate here. So um, awesome! So you you have a lot of uh, you know value to provide to the Philippines as well as you know. Thank you for being uh, doing the noble, uh, jumping the uh, taking the leap of faith here in Philippines uh, and seeing the potential here. So where can they find you, the listeners? Uh, are you in? Do you have a website? Uh, the socials? Yeah, so um, you can find me. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, please connect with me. I'm trying to grow my network here in the Philippines. Um, I, I definitely, you know, have some experience with the business uh, climate here, but I want more. I really want to get in depth and, and grow and learn. And so feel free to connect with me. I'm happy to help you out however I can if you need anything from me. Uh, my handles on Facebook and Instagram are... Um, Skizzard22, that's S-K-I-Z-Z-A-R-D-2-2, um, where you can find me, Scott Cox, um, potentially. Um, there's a lot of Scott Coxes out there, actually, so I don't know. Um, the, my website, if you actually go to socialreachagency.com mm-hmm. forward slash Scott Cox Coaching. Um, and my name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-C-O-X. And so that's socialreachagency.com forward slash Scott Cox coaching. Um, you can kind of find out some information about my coaching um, and what we do and what I'm passionate about and what I can help you do. Awesome. And to our listeners, we'll include the links to the description so you can easily check out and requ- inquire as well. So that's it for now. Um, if you like this uh, in YouTube, please drop a comment, like, subscribe. This is also available in Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. And uh, you can also check our content library. We update that almost every week, every day. Um, And, um, you know, again, thank you so much. This is Joseph Indolas. You're listening to Set to Fail Podcast. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Appreciate having you. Thank you. And there you have it. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot in this episode. And if you did, please subscribe to YouTube, hit the notification bell, leave us a comment, also reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcast. This would really help the show to continue creating more and more insightful content for us to learn together. Thank you very much. Have a great day.